Hey, this is Exxon Anderson. Welcome to the Principal Podcast today. So today we're going to be talking about the importance of a little tiny thing that's that's I think is super important. It's how you react when things go wrong or when things go bad or just your general how you react and how that affects your children. Now, again, I'm just a normal dad. I don't have a PhD in any subject. I'm not a counselor. But there's a couple of things, you know, I was reading something once and it said something like this, that if let's just say your child, you and your child are walking down the street and your child trips and skins his or her knee. And so they've got a little scuff on their knee. Now, you could choose a number of different ways to react. There's probably a million different ways you could react, but let's just talk about one or two of them here. If, uh, if you were to say, oh my goodness, coochie, coochie, coo, I can't believe, are you okay? Are you okay? And start hugging them and start, you know, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe, are you, you know, getting kind of frantic about them falling down and scraping their knee. The message that you might send without meaning to, I mean, you're obviously just trying to be a concerned parent. But by maybe overreacting a little bit, the message that's unspoken is, hey, you're really fragile and you're breakable. And um, which, of course, there's some truth to that. But the, the danger comes in maybe if they were to scrape their knee while they were alone. Let's say they're walking down the street or they were somewhere at a school ground kind of by themselves and they scrape their knee. They might have this really intense reaction because they saw mom or dad react that, wow, this is a huge deal. On the other hand, if you were to react and, and, and play to their strengths, you know, so they scrape their knee and you could say something like, you know, looks like you scraped your knee. It's going to be okay. You know, it might hurt for a while and you'll probably, you know, probably sting for a little bit, but you're going to be okay. And, you know, you kind of say, you know, let's just shake it off. Let's keep working. And it doesn't mean you don't validate their feelings that they're hurt because they are, but you show them that it's okay because inside your voice that you give them is kind of the voice that they'll have inside their head, I think, as they go on later. So by just saying, hey, you know, you scraped your knee, it's going to be okay. They'll know that next time they scrape their knee, even if you're not there, that things will be okay. Well, I want you to think about this because what we're trying to do is build the strengths in our kids and our children rather than um, weakness. Now, I'll tell you something that, that uh, you know, let me give you an example. So my son, he's four years old, but we've given him a little chores to take out the trash. I think he kind of likes it, but he can, when he takes the big, the little trash out to the big trash outside, he could never get on top of the, he could never get the trash loaded in because it was a, kind of a big trash can and he couldn't do it. And so my wife and I would often go out there and help him, but I wanted to make sure that we were building in him this neural pathway, this pathway to you know what? It's not a big deal. And you can figure this out. And so when one this one time when we went out to take out the trash, I knew he'd had difficulty taking it out. I said, well, you know, what do you think you could do to, to get this little trash can in? He goes, well, and you could tell that he was struggling to open, to, to get it all. And even, even opening the lid was a kind of a big deal. And so um, I did show him that if you opened it from a little different area, it's easier to open it up. And and I said, is there something you think you could do to, to try to get this in? And he's, he saw this bucket kind of sitting over um, by the side of the yard. It was a little metal bucket. And I could have just gone and got the bucket and pulled it over to him. But I asked him, I said, you know, what do you think you could do? And he said, well, I could get the bucket and stand on it. And so he did. He, I, I let him. I just stood there. I didn't help him. Didn't help him on purpose. He went and got the bucket and he stood on top. And he was having trouble getting, you know, he still couldn't quite get the trash can in. And, 
And so at that point, I did suggest, I said, well, maybe if you held it from the bottom here, do you think you could do it a little better? And I, and I was tempted to help him. Like, again, it would have been really easy to just take that trash can and put it in. It would have taken me 10 seconds. But um, what I was, but even though it took me longer in this situation, I really have this belief that the long-term, the short-term hard way is really the long-term easy way. And so I decided to, that, I, that I was, I was going to just assist him, which meant I wasn't going to help him and do it for him. I was going to be more like an assistant to him. And so if he needed my assistance, I would help him. But so I just asked him a few questions and, and eventually just by talking it through and resisting the urge to do it for him, he was able to get this trash can into the big trash can and he shut it down. But the interesting thing was, is now that he'd actually got the trash can in, and it probably took us a few minutes because he had to drag the bucket over, figure out how to finally get it in. Then he had to drag the bucket over and he made a little bit of mess with leaves. So he swept it up. And the whole time I would, I didn't help him. And I didn't help him on purpose because what I was really trying to do is let him feel like I wanted to create this idea in his brain that he can do it instead of he always needs dad to do it for him or always needs mom to do it for him. And when he was done, you should have seen the smile on, on his face. He had this big smile of, I did it. And I didn't even need dad's help, which, you know, probably took me four or five minutes instead of 10 seconds. But the thing is, is when he wants to go take the trash out, he'll, he'll have that idea. What I'm really trying to do is build confidence. Now, let me give you one more example. So me reacting by not helping him, but still being there if he needed a little help, you know, obviously make sure that your kids are safe and, and that kind of thing not saying to do anything that's dangerous or not appropriate. I'm trying to say, let kids do as much as they can reasonably, because what you're really trying to do is build their confidence in themselves. You're trying to build their confidence is I can do this rather than I just have to have mom and dad do it for me. And, and as parents, we have this, this, you know, this instinct that like, like I'll just do it for my kid. Cause it's easy. Um, so two more examples, you know, if your child asks for, you know, a peanut butter sandwich, Obviously, I've made thousands of peanut butter sandwiches probably in my life, or at least hundreds. And, you know, I can make them quickly. You put the peanut butter on the jam. I can do it really fast. But in this, you know, a slower way initially would be to say, well, what do you think you need to do to make a peanut butter sandwich? Instead of just doing it for them, you can say, what do you think you need to do to make a peanut butter sandwich? They could, and then let them just pause and let them think, well, I need to get some peanut butter and maybe some jam. Well, do you know where the peanut butter is? Yeah, it's in the pantry. Okay. Can you find it? Yeah. Can you get a little chair to get it? Okay, great. And you can be there. Um, where do you think the jam is? Oh, it's in the fridge. Where do you think it is? And then you can just let them figure it out. And you can be there to supervise at first just to make sure that it's, you know, it's safe and that everything's going okay. But I'll tell you, I've done that. And my children get so, when they've done it for the first time, something, if it's just something like peanut butter sandwich or taking out the trash, they get this smile that's huge and they're just so proud of themselves for doing it on their own. And the more important thing is that inside their brains, you're building this, I can do it kind of attitude. My, my daughter, when she was five years old, she knows I like to hike mountains. And there was this mountain. Well, I mean, a few mountains anyway, there's this mountain that is near our house and it's about 11,000 feet tall and it's a big mountain. It's a, probably at least 15 miles up and down. And she was five years old and she begged me. She said, dad, can, can I hike this mountain with you? And I said, and I, and I kind of tried to prep her. I said, do you really want to do this? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, you realize if we hike this together, there's going to be times where your feet hurt. I mean, I hike it and my feet hurt. 
there's gonna be times where you're really, really, you know, you're really, really tired and, you know, and then need to take a break. And I said, are you sure you want to do it? And she said, sure. So instead of saying you're too young, you can't do it. What I did is I walked her through kind of mentally preparing her and saying, okay, if you want to do this, well, it was interesting at the age of five, she hiked with me. I got to tell you, there were some people on that mountain who saw her hiking. They said, you know, she was, you know, five years old hiking this 11,000, I think it was about 11,700 feet. When she got to the top, she literally got a standing ovation by the people who were on the top. They sat there and clapped, but she had this idea. And I think it helped her to say, you know, I can do this. Um, and so my reacting by not saying, no, you're too young. No, you can't do it. It was more like, okay, if you really want to do it, I have confidence in you. So I was building to her. I was playing to her strengths, not to her youth and, and what I would perceive as weakness. And she was, she was able to do it. Now she had got up there and you know, there was a few times where she said she was tired and she still made it to the top, but she was really proud of herself and smiled and kind of, you know, kind of bragged about it to her friends, you know, that I hiked this mountain, but I want you to start letting your kids and, and would you consider letting your kids do as much as they can reasonably in safety um, and, and, and realizing that they have strengths that maybe you don't see. But what you're really trying to do is, as a parent, build that I can do this attitude. I'll give you one last example. Um, it was wintertime. I live in, I live in the state of Utah, and it can get pretty cold in the winter. I remember one time my kids said they wanted to sleep out in a tent, but it happened to be in the middle of the winter, and I, ha I happened to know it was going to be 20 degrees outside. Now, some of you may think I'm crazy, but I, I my kids when they wanted to sleep outside. I said to him, you know, well, I got to tell you, it can be really dangerous to sleep outside in the cold if you're not prepared. So what do you think we should do to be prepared? Now, I already knew some answers, and I wanted, and I, but I wanted to hear what they said. And they said, well, we need to make sure we have really warm sleeping bags, and we need to make sure we, we you know, and I said, well, do you think you should wear thermals and a hat? And they said, yeah. And, and so what we did is we, um, I kind of walked them through, and I said, well, if you really want to sleep outside in the backyard when it's 20 degrees outside, um, I think what we need to do is we need to get some thermals and so you're, so you have some really, and we probably need to get double sleeping bags with these mummy, mummy sleeping bags that had really good zero degree ratings. Maybe we'll even double them up and make sure you have a really warm hat. And if you do that, I'll even sleep out there in the tent with you. And they said, okay, so we talked through all the reasons why it was important. We even had this really good discussion about how you don't want to get wet when it's cold because wet, you know, sucks the heat out of you. you basically it's more, it's, it's, it's dangerous to be wet in the cold. So we had a kind of the survival skills topic, but what I didn't say to him is, Oh no, you can't do that. You'll freeze to death. I didn't say that. I just walked them through what they needed to do to sleep in a tent. And then we went out and slept in a tent and had a great time. So they were warm. They woke up. We, you know, we had double bags. Everybody was fine. But they learned how to prepare for sleeping in the cold because at some point in their lives, they may have to. And I want them to have the neural pathway in their head that there's ways to do this. And so I want you to know that the reaction you have to your kids. Now, there's been plenty of times where I've reacted poorly. There's been plenty of times where I've blown it. I'm trying to share the good things. <laughs> um, I don't claim to be a genius dad. I really don't. But I do think that there are a few things that you can do that if you realize that even the little things like how you react to a skinned knee or when your child says, Hey, I want to hike a mountain and you maybe think they're too young. Or when they say something kind of like that, you might not think is a great idea. Like let's sleep in the backyard. Now notice this first time I, I slept in the backyard with them, right. In the tent. 
and uh, with with really uh, you know good sleeping bags and and but just realize you what you're trying to do is build the strength in them, build the confidence in them, and you want them to have neural pathways like little pathways in their head that turn into sidewalks, that turn into streets, that turn into superhighways to this place in their head that says, I can do this rather than I am breakable and fragile and I can't do this. Think about the little ways you wrapped each day can help build that pathway into a sidewalk and then into a, into a road and then into a superhighway where your kids say, you know what, I can do this. Cause isn't that what we want as parents? So that we want as parents is to have kids who feel like they can do it. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, this is Zach St. Anderson with the Principal Podcast and hope to see you again. Or, here, or you can listen to me again too if you're listening on the podcast. Thanks so much.